Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of Sinking with Service Now. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. Got a panel with me of John Dahl and Eddie McDonald. John, how's it going? It's going very well. Thank you. Are you excited to talk about ITIL 4? Absolutely. I kind of am. Like, I, I really kind of am uh, because I love the origins of the ServiceNow product and, and all the ITSM products, but specifically ServiceNow as it relates to ITIL. Because once you explain to someone, you know, ITIL and how it helped companies run their IT shops better, then it makes sense why ServiceNow would be doing something similar for the rest of the company. Yes. And version four specifically starts to more embrace the business side. And that was one of the challenges that IT always had was that we were looked at as the expense center, the people spending the money that the marketing and salespeople all work hard to make. Oh, that's so, so by embracing that business side and, and pulling them into it, I think has a lot of benefit. You mean IT is not just a cost center? So Eddie, you've been in the, well, you've been career a long time and specifically ServiceNow. Have you, uh, have you seen because of the ServiceNow platform, businesses start to understand how IT is part of the business and not just the cost center? Absolutely. That's been a major talking point for years and years now that you have to treat IT like a business. And it's been so long as people just treat IT as, you know, support desk or a help desk or a ticketing system where it actually has people and can generate value to an organization. So absolutely. So uh, here's our little commercial real quick. So if you are listening to this podcast and you are a ServiceNow customer and you're not uh, and you're not getting the value out of the platform, let us talk to you. That's why we do these podcasts. That's what I call podcasting with uh, content and context. We want people to know what's possible. And one of the ways we get the word out is through these podcasts. So today's blog that we're viewing by uh, Jason Perry from November 7th of this year, Modernizing ITSM with ITIL4 Change Enablement. John, ITIL stands for the acronym for ITIL. What is that? In, uh, information technology, infrastructure, library. And why did ITIL get created? It was actually created by, if I remember right, the British government in order to try to get a handle on their IT in the government space. IT was out of control, right? I was out of control, spending too much money, no process, no procedure. People like me running it. They just uh, you know, did what they could to get stuff done. And ITIL was born. Uh, Eddie, would you say that it's probably fair that a lot of departments run that way and they need structure as well? Well, absolutely. And I think it's before we get into this, I think it's important that we talk about because this, this is specific around ITIL 4. And for those listening, the difference is the primary difference between ITIL 3 and ITIL 4 is that 3 was service focused and 4 is about delivering value so it's a you know 1 2 and 3 itil were all pretty much the same with updates itil 4 changes fundamentally the approach to the process and how do we create value, um, not just for the customer, but for the provider. So that's an important differentiator we need to make sure we stay focused on. Okay. So it becomes uh, like a, um, there's like a goal, there's a con, there's an outcome based versus getting stuff done based. Correct. Correct. Yes. It's not, not about following a, and that's a really good point there, Andy, is that 
for so long, when we talked about ITIL, I used to say best practice, best practice, best practice, but nobody can do it. Nobody can follow ITIL best practice to a T. Even very large enterprise organizations have a problem with that. So I started incorporating good practice. What can we get? Can we get close to best practice? So it's that rigidness of ITIL 3 has given way to the value of ITIL 4. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, John, this uh, first section is swift change demands on an agile response. How does ITIL 4 and ServiceNow rise to the call of that? Right. So, so agile and it gets into DevOps, too. It, it has the promise of being able to get value faster, as Eddie was talking about, um, and do it in a way that doesn't prevent the big picture. It doesn't give up the big picture. It just allows you to get a little bit of value here and there throughout your process. Um, and ironically, that's also one of the challenges that companies face is they think that agile means I don't have to plan anything. We just build and fix. Um, but when balanced properly, it, it allows you to deliver that value much, much faster. And um, I lost my train of thought on the next part is, of that. Is it but... fair to say that ITIL 1, 2, and 3 were pretty much just along for the ride? Now we're starting to use you know, agile type response to be able to not only, not only do get done what needs to get done, but do it in a way that produces known good value. Well, I, I think the way I think about it is the old processes were about guarding, right? Protecting the stability of the environment. Let's not do anything that's going to be damaging to our environment, protect the confidentiality, the integrity and the availability of our information where this new process talks more about, okay, I see that you need this for your business value. Let's find a way to make it happen. It's more about making sure that we can implement the changes required safely rather than starting from that default. We're going to try to stop damage from happening. Right. Eddie, your thoughts on how Agile applies to ITIL 4? Well, you know, it's I don't want to be the definition guy on this uh, on this podcast, but remember, we're talking about agile with a capital A. This is not an adjective, but agile, the methodology and at its core, I'm actually agile certified and at its core. Agile is an ongoing conversation. Everything takes place that it's not just fixed at the beginning, but it adapts and modifies as we go. And change and the processes around change as well need to be able to adapt as they go and not find just a rigid process to follow. So I feel that this plays to people's natural instincts. Instead of being forced into a box, they're able to pivot on their own and make decisions which are best for their company. Yeah. I'm kind of looking at this like, you know, Agile 1, 2, and 3 were, you know, standards and methodologies to get stuff done. Whereas Agile, excuse me, ITIL 4, so ITIL 1, 2, and 3 is kind of ways to get things done. ITIL 4 is more of an active listener that responds the most appropriate way. Correct. That's a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, John, next section talks about transformation of change management, which oh, in every organization, there's always opportunity to improve there. How is ITIL 4 impacting that? You know, I actually haven't had a great deal of exposure to that, but the idea of this change of mentality, right? We're not, we're not controlling so much. We're finding a way to enable it to occur. And so the, the idea that we have to go through a bunch of hoops and if we are still interested in pursuing this after we're exhausted and going through all those hoops, 
then we go ahead and do it. Well, this is really changing it to, like I said, it's just, let's make sure, let's find a way to make this happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John, that, you know, that's, it ties into the CAB, the change approval board, which has mm -hmm. their schedule changes and their emergency changes. And I think this section of this blog post here is talking about being inflexible the old way and becoming more flexible in the new way. You know, yep. changing out a, a large server in an organization, even if you service map that server, there's still going to be hiccups along the way. And you might not fit into a standard testing process with that change to be mm -hmm. able to be agile and, and change on the fly, change um you know, verb on the fly is is important to make sure that those changes are successful. I guess maybe it's just uh, recognizing the reality of in the change you're trying to make in IT or other parts of the business, there's always going to be adaptation needed. And if you're just very rigid around how that has to be handled, it'll take a lot longer, if ever, to get done. Or as John pointed out, you might just be exhausted and get to the end and you're like, okay, I'm not even doing this. That's especially yeah. true at these days, right? Our, our market economy is changing so quickly. If if you can't stay ahead of it, then you've lost the opportunity. Yeah. Uh, all right, change enablement from process to guidance. That kind of aligns with what we were just talking about. In other words, not just following a process, but giving overall guidance on how it should be done. John, thoughts here? You know, it's about becoming an advocate. It's, a, it's always about thinking, first of all, that we recognize the value that the business is looking for and we've got a way to do it. Now let's make it happen safely. Mm -hmm. Eddie. Yeah. You know, in from process to guidance is really is it, it ties back to everything we were just talking about a process that is rigid that you have to follow A, B, C, and D to guidance. Meaning when this happens, you can consider doing this or you can consider doing that. It's it's about using the technology and the automation to take care of the day-to-day -day grind of making those changes. And then there's that, that agile guidance that, that when it falls outside of the process, that change can still move forward efficiently and on time. All right, next section talks about ITIL and DevOps together for change. How, how does DevOps, John, apply to your ITIL motions? Well, so the idea of DevOps, which has been around for a long time, uh, it, it's really about joining the front end and the back end, the front end operations team and the back end development team to make sure that they're working together in one consistent flow of, of change, of capabilities. And so ITIL is just kind of coming alongside with that idea and joining with it rather than trying to be a competitor or a block to it. Um, and when you can start to understand that value proposition and define your processes well and automate some of the tedious stuff, you can get much more consistent output. Yeah. Is, it, is it fair to say that historically DevOps and ITIL maybe conflicted more than they work together? I. It certainly looks that way. Um, I, I've actually, I've actually very rarely found organizations that can adopt a DevOps program that they felt really strong and comfortable with. Uh, I, I've seen organizations try it and take a step back. Um, I, I don't know if that's because of the challenge with DevOps itself and and breaking down that barrier between development and operations, or if it's because of the the battle against the ITIL process that was in place. Yeah, it, it's 
you know, with DevOps, you know, if if we replace DevOps with delivery, of all things delivery, if you have an internal project and it, that project is going to facilitate a change, that ongoing conversation I mentioned earlier is vital. You need to be able to test. You need to make sure that you're communicating nonstop with your customer, your business, that the changes that are made are following the spirit of that change. So those feedback loops, that ongoing conversation are vital in DevOps. Yeah. And and the two of those together might actually make that conversation go easier. Yes, absolutely. And success is far greater as well. Yes. So the next section talks about a topic that has come up once or twice in the last little bit, and that's automation and AI. Is ITIL 4 a product of knowing that automation and AI are around the corner and going to need to be part of these processes? So if that's to me, so automation and AI are part of every conversation that's going forward in all things IT. So it makes no difference if it's change or or some other area of your organization. But yeah, that 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 automation piece, I mean, you can see here it's outlined automation, observability, infrastructure as a code, issue monitoring and remediation, all of these pieces. If AI can come in and make those change suggestions for you, it takes some of the burden off of that cab to help self-direct these changes. I, I guess maybe it's fair to say that because of auto, automation and AI, things like observability, can't even say the word, uh, you know, infrastructure as code, uh, monitoring and remediation, those things have to drive new ways of thinking of, of ITIL. What do you think, John? Well, with, you know, automation is an, is an old topic. It's been the foundation of IT for many years. And, and AI is just coming of age at this point. It's coming up to kind of a critical mass where everybody is jumping onto it. So, in, in the evolution of what IT is doing and now trying to embrace the business in a, in a different way, in a more holistic way. Um, I, I definitely think that there is a lot of opportunity, but it still comes down to being able to articulate your needs and articulate the process that you want to automate. And, and like Eddie said, that's where AI can come in and help fill those gaps. Well, maybe I should ask the question like this. Is it, would, I have to believe, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, because I'd love to get your thought on this, that AI generated X, whatever X is, in this case, maybe AI generated responses and automation, those type things require ITIL different, you know, to be looked at differently. And that's where, you know, four has kind of evolved from. I would agree. I would agree because ITIL 4 is focused only on value and the AI, the Gen AI engine that is making these suggestions has that at its core to making sure that there is going to be value in the suggestions that the AI makes. So yes, fully agree. Well, and I think that takes us down to the last paragraph, which is ITIL 4 is the result of newer ways to think about how to get things done within IT and the rest of the business. Uh, and that's where you have to rethink this thing that's not that old, but IT service management has to be rethought under a new, uh, on top of a new framework, in this case, ITIL 4, because from this day forward, everything will be different. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we're talking specifically about change today, but within, you know, this is obviously service now centric, but then ITSM, you have incident, problem, change, request, knowledge. Each of those has a quote, ITIL best practice process attached to it. ITIL is service now is ITIL compliant out of the box, 
but using that V4 mentality, it's a mentality shift where is this incident problem, uh, is this incident process exactly the way it should be to create the most value to the people, the people fulfilling the incident, as well as requesting it. Same with the request or a change, or even a knowledge article. What's the best process to get the value quickly? So yes, I, this this expands far beyond change and across the technology scope. Yeah, and it also really emphasizes the need to have a a good quality CMDB and. Mm -hmm. implementing CSDM in particular to make sure that all of your, your infrastructure components and all of your processes and everything that you have within your enterprise can align to and be mapped back to the business capabilities that you're trying to support. Yeah, John, I was going to ask you and then Eddie what you think the, like one thing that you think will result, like one example of what you are looking forward to see ITIL 4 standards applied to versus ITIL 3, but I love that you brought up the CMDB because right without that thing, all of this goal of following uh, ITIL 4 standards, that's that's where it all starts, isn't it? Definitely. Having having good data is the foundation for any kind of success. If you have bad data, it doesn't really matter what your process says. You're you're making decisions with bad data, you're going to get bad results. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing you yeah. have is bad data. And and also, you know, it also changes the conversation. So Zintegra being a service now implementer, we implement the platform. For years and years, the conversation always started with process first, where we want to understand what your processes are, make sure they're following good or best practices. But now that conversation during the workshops is going to go to value. Oh, of course, there's going to be process in, embedded, but value first. Where's the value in setting X up or, or Z up? Make sure we're getting the value first, the process second, and then we'll implement the tool to make sure both of those are being addressed. Yeah. So, um, John, I'll go with you first. What? Uh, give me one example of something you think you would see different under ITL four than you saw historically under one, two, and three. Eddie, I, well, good, John. Good. I I think the turnaround time would be quite a bit less from the time when you say I need to have this change put into place. I don't want to have to wait two weeks for a cab and then another week for a deployment window after that. It's It's got to be something that is uh, more aligned with a standard change than it is with a normal change from the okay. old world. So in the change control process under ITSM uh, applied to like ITL4 standards, you think things will get done quicker? That's my expectation, yes. But they'll still get done, get done right, just done quicker? Yep. Yeah. Eddie, your thoughts. Yeah. What What's something you expect to see? I expect to see more consumer adoption because a lot of folks, they don't they don't want to be put in that box and have to follow that process, especially if that process is clunky. So mm -hmm. if we're giving, if the platform is giving the customers what they need sooner mm -hmm. and more efficiently, that is going to be a win for them. They're going to be happier, not only building the platform out, but running it afterwards. Yeah. So more efficient processing or more efficient process because it's not rigid and it's flexible. And at the end of the day, happier consumers, whether it's IT supported end users or who knows, you know, some other um, uh, entity within the, that's being served by the platform. Yeah. And time is money. You know, if we can cut this process down and get these changes implemented quicker, those hours go straight to your bottom line. So yeah, there's also a financial impact here as well. 
So Eddie's had a financial impact as, as you get through all that and, and you get happier users to get things done quicker. And John, I'd argue that, uh, you know, better uh, change control that's more efficient and more and flexible at the same time probably equals money too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I was glad to talk about that. I, believe it or not, I kind of love talking about ITIL because I've been in technology for, you know, been part of IT shops since the mid 90s. And uh, they all needed, they all needed some structure. I'll leave it like that. And and yeah. I love that we now have software that if you follow that software, the structure will to some degree happen. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, I appreciate it. And we'll uh, we'll look to talk to you guys again in a week. All right. Hey, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy.